the Bible Study Podcast, episode 700. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of 1 Corinthians with chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I have to say, wow, 700 episodes. I didn't think I would get here, but next week will be 701. We'll just keep pressing on. 1 Corinthians 2, you may remember that we left Paul arguing that the people of Corinth have been dividing into groups. I'm a follower of Paul. I'm a follower of Apollos. I'm a follower of Peter, and that that is not what God intended. He continues on a little bit with his argument for himself in terms of how he came to them, and then he gets into talking about God's wisdom. And you recall last week he said, I've chosen the weak to shame the strong. I've chosen the lowly things and the despised things to nullify the things that are. So we're going to get into God's wisdom this week again. 1 Corinthians 2, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so Paul's saying that when he came, he wasn't the most eloquent preacher. And he said that about himself elsewhere in these two books that we're going to look at here, that his gift was not eloquence. And there's nothing wrong with eloquent preaching, but he's saying that was not way he came. He came and he talked to them about the things of Christ in simple terms. And there's also nothing wrong with simple terms because they're meant to be understood clearly. And he was trying to be understood clearly. He wasn't trying to be fancy in any way. And then he also spoke with power and he also demonstrated the Spirit's power. We're going to get into the Spirit's gifts more later on in the book. But he's saying he demonstrated some spiritual gifts so that they could see the power of God, not the wisdom of Paul. That was really what he was about. He was trying to, with everything he did, point at God. This is who you need to follow. And remember, verses that first chapter where he's talking about some of you say you follow Paul and some follow Apollos and whatever. He's saying you you shouldn't be following any of them, including me, because I was never pointing at me. I was pointing at God. I was pointing at Jesus. And then he goes on and talks about God's wisdom. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. 
This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to mere human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay, Paul always has these big, long paragraphs with so much packed in them. Let's see if we can unpack some of this. He's saying that it wasn't that they came speaking foolishness. They came speaking wisdom. But it's the wisdom from God. It's a different kind of wisdom, and a wisdom not recognized by the rulers, not recognized by the people of this age. Because if they did recognize it, if they if they had understood what they were talking about, if they then they would have understood what Jesus was saying, and they wouldn't have crucified him. Now, of course, that was not God's plan. God's plan was Jesus going to crucifixion. God redeeming us through that, and we'll talk more about that later in this book. But he's saying it wasn't there wasn't wisdom here. It wasn't it was wisdom that wasn't recognized. It was a different kind of wisdom. And if you think about that, think about the difference in the bookstore between the self help section and the business section and the Christian section. Right. One is saying, you know, you need to take advantage of every opportunity to get ahead. And one is saying you're called to be a servant. And Jesus, as he comes as a servant, not as a conquering king, is not recognized. It's foolishness to the world. It's foolishness to talk about loving your enemies. It is. Let's face it. There's nothing wrong with that statement. It is craziness. It is crazy town, but it is what God has asked us through Jesus to do, right? It is a different kind of wisdom. It's coming from a different place with a different goal in mind, and therefore a different path, and therefore a different wisdom. And then the section here, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, is from the prophet Isaiah, And so what he's saying here is that God loves us, not just us, obviously, but that God has plans for us, right? And that they are, I want to use the word inscrutable, right? That we don't, we even we don't know what they are, but they're better than we think is the other thing that I can think of not mentioned as much here, but implied here and mentioned deliberately elsewhere, that God's plans for us are beyond our expectations, but they're also not the kind of plans we would tend to make. And so sometimes God will lead us into strange ways, and we'll look back and say, I can't believe that I ever did that. I think, you know, the prison ministry that I've been doing here for 15 years, although less so last year as I could not go into the prison, is definitely something I look back on and think, I can't believe that has been something that I was doing. It's never something I thought I would be involved in. I'd said no for years to people who had invited me to come into juvenile hall where I have now ministered for 15 years. I don't know if it's going to be forever. I may not go back to that. We'll have to see what happens. 
But I think of the number of times I turned down the invitation because it just seemed like, well, that's not me. I'm not somebody who was ever in trouble with the law, so what would I have to say? And I don't come in and say anything other than what does the Bible say, and that's what we talk about. Like Paul is saying, I come here to tell you what God says. And so we don't have to talk about all of those other things. I just have to know and understand that part. And it's led me into strange places. Even this podcast, 700 episodes of this podcast, if you had told me now 14 years ago, almost 15 years ago, that I'd be teaching a Bible study to roughly 2,000 people a day, I don't know that I would have believed you. I certainly would not have understood how that could be. And it's not because, (laughs) I think like Paul, necessarily that my words have any persuasion. I'm hoping, at least, that it's because you're seeing through me into what the Word of God is saying, because that's much more important. It doesn't really matter who Chris is. It matters who Jesus is. Then he says the Spirit, and he starts to talk about the Spirit. We're going to hear a lot more about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in this book. And he's saying the Spirit searches things. The Spirit knows things. And how can you know God except through God's own Spirit? All of this, this book is going to deal with spiritual things. It's going to talk about not just God the Father and God the Son, but it's going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has a particular role and a particular job. One is that the Holy Spirit will cause us to remember, it says elsewhere in the scriptures, what God, what Jesus has told us. It will also change us. It will work within us to sanctify as the 25 cent word, to make holy, to make better, to make more like Jesus. So he just starts to introduce this idea of that we're supposed to live by the Spirit. We'll get into more what that means, but that we can't accept these things it's saying except through the Spirit. This isn't something where I reason you into the kingdom of God, where someone reasons someone else, or you reason the person you really want to into the kingdom of God, but it has to come through the Spirit of God. It's one of those things we have to pray that God will be at work. And I've seen God at work in situations. I know he is still at work today, but that's what he will do. It's not something that I can do. It's not something that you can do. So who has known the mind of God as to instruct him? He's saying God thinks differently than we think. And that is certainly a theme that comes up throughout the Bible, is that my thoughts are not your thoughts. It says, but we have the mind of Christ. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit, that sanctification thing, that making holy thing, is that we can think like God thinks. Part of the role of prayer isn't so much that we ask God and God does stuff. That's fine. That's good. That's something we're encouraged to do. We saw Jesus do it in the, in the Lord's Prayer as he's giving them a template for how to pray. But the other reason that we pray is that time with someone can tend to make us more like them. Our time with our spouse and that communicating with our spouse brings us together. Our time with God and that communicating with God brings us together so that we can think like God thinks. 
and with his wisdom. And with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.